What does Colgate mean by live life to the brightest? Could it be a rich glass of red sipped inside a Parisian cafe on a snowy night when my gaze is met by a tall, mysterious... I mean, brushing is directed with Colgate Optic White Pro Series Toothpaste gives you a visibly whiter smile in just three days so you can live life to the brightest and finish that glass without worrying about teeth stains. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors. And today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to. And you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.com. FM to get started. Hey guys, Maria Menunos here. Before your favorite AfterBuzz TV after show begins, I'm so excited to tell you that my new cookbook is out. It's called The Every Girl's Guide to Cooking. It's the quickest, fastest, easiest, most amazing recipes for kitchen newbies and chefs alike. Please check out MariaMenunos.com for more info. Buzz you later. You're tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after-show entertainment. AfterBuzz TV, the destination for TV superfans. Producing after-shows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows. Interviewing celebrities and showrunners. And bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! There we go. You've always got the best picks for music. Guys, if you like the music every single week, it's all this one pick. Just scouring anything that has magic in the title, that's all this one. Because we're talking about magicians, welcome to episode 10 of your Magicians After Show right here on AfterBuzz TV. As always, my name is Ty Matthews. You can find me on Twitter, on Instagram, at TyMatthewsPMA. As always, my stunning and talented co-host, who are you? Where can they find you? Oh, well, thank you very much. Hey, how's it going? I'm Carrie Lane. You can find me online at Carrie. D. Lane. Hey guys, I'm Samantha Benitz. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Samantha underscore Benitz, B E N I T Z. Hi, I'm Adrian Snow. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Miss Adrian Snow. That's M S E D R I N S N O W. And we're joined by a very, very special guest tonight. He's worked on many, many different TV shows, but more importantly, he is the director of tonight's episode, Homecoming, Mr. Joshua Butler, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for joining us. We're excited to have you in. We've had some very, very special guests over the course of this season. Mm -hmm. So we're excited to talk about this episode. Uh, How'd your, first of all, this is kind of, I I always kick it off this. How'd your involvement with The Magicians come about? Were you familiar with the source material at all? Um, I actually hadn't um, heard about the books until I knew that this series was being planned. Um, I just have to stop and say that my microphone might actually be working. I was wondering. I was wondering. Like, 
Can we check on that? Being a director, I noticed these things. I hope so. I don't hear myself. Can we, in the booth, can we check on that, y'all? Just real, right quick. Yeah, I feel we're picking you up on our mic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, we're all in the same yeah. place. <laughs> right, right, right. Ah, oh, there you are. There he is. Like Beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. And uh, that will be take two. Let's take two. rewind. Yes. <laughs> and Mama with a Magician. Take two in live. Yes. yes. Um, I, I quickly uh, researched it, and I, I discovered Love Grossman's books, and they're you know amazing. And um, there turned out to be, when I talked about being up for the job, there turned out to be a lot of incredibly passionate fans um, who love the books and uh, I, I got up to speed very quickly and I, I went in for the interview and, and I, was, I was really responsive to, to the idea that, that magic was being used not necessarily for the old school Harry Potter kind of magic mm-hmm. superhero kind of way but it was being used as kind of a metaphor for uh, growing up, coming of age and, and you know being different, being special and the idea of sex, drugs, and magic really appealed <laughs> to me very much as a as a, as a storyteller. So I I, I loved it. I, I just thought this was such a cool cool idea, and, and I think that they um, John McMahon and Sarah Gamble developed the show for television, kept what was in the books, which is this very kind of honest approach to uh, what is traditionally a sci-fi fantasy genre, which I which I think is great. I love that you that you put it that way. Sex, drugs, and magic. That's such a for <laughs> yeah. this show. All encompassing, yeah. Perfect triumvirate, especially for this episode, which we saw. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Right. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, All about it. Yeah. How did you? So, how did you come to direct this episode specifically? Um, well, as an episodic television director, a lot of people don't know, you know, the the kind of. Um, way it, it, it shakes down because episode directors go from show to show. And- hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a Happy price. Got your happy price, price line. And you're booked episode to episode mm-hmm. as the seasons kind of progress. So some of it has to do with availability. Some of it has to do with um, just kind of when your uh, episode kind of falls in in the mix on on their end of where mm-hmm. they where they want the directors to 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 sort of lay out and. Um, so and sometimes you get booked for an episode like this one where I knew I was directing episode 10, but I didn't know what the script was going to be. Um, and, mm. and a lot of times you don't know what you're going to get until you get to your um, office on the first day of prep and mm. they say, here's what you're directing. So mm. that's mm-hmm. that's what happened here. And I got incredibly lucky because I got a great script. Uh, Henry Alonzo Myers, who's one of the executive producers, um, he, he, he wrote this amazing script, which is kind of an extrapolation of about five pages in Lev's book um, hmm. talking about Alice's family. And what they did was they expanded that into the full uh, story uh, that you saw tonight with, with Alice's parents and, and the, the, the sort of uh, the idea that I think, which is great, that a, a family of magicians can just be as screwed up as, <laughs> as, as, as any other kind of dysfunctional family. And they're, <laughs> instead of using magic the way that you know, sane, 
uh, kind of uh, well uh, well adjusted, uh, you know, sighted, <laughs> wonderfully creative people would use magic. You know, these are people who are very fallible and very uh, vulnerable to to kind of the the sort of boredom that can 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 arise from the the use of magic, which which was a great kind of comedic principle and also gave great insight into. Alice's character. Mm. Definitely, yeah, and we'll get to more more uh, specifics, but I want to talk about, you know, just general reactions to this episode. What did you guys think of Homecoming? Awesome! <laughs> it's great. Very fun. fun. You know, I'm all about the sex. Okay. So, like, <laughs> right. uh, if you've learned anything. Well, if you've learned anything about Adrian Snow, <laughs> my mother would be so proud right now. Um, no, I, I thought it was... Uh, Wonderful, mm-hmm. and I, I thought that they touched on a lot of different things. There was, you know, I, I have I have a thoughts on the whole Margot Elliott storyline. Okay, um, but overall, I enjoyed the show. I enjoyed mm-hmm. it, the episode. I agree. It was a steamy episode. That was like <laughs> kind of the term for it all. And I thought it was really cool that we got to see a little bit of Alice's backstory, Mm -hmm. given that she's so tame and demure. And then to see her family is just more outlandish with their bodies and their sexuality and everything. And it was kind of interesting to see how different you can be, even as like a black sheep of the family, Mm -hmm. but how much you do have similarities and how the people you're with now can also be like family. Mm -hmm. And I really like that about this episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was very fun exploration into the other aspects of sex because we had the other like fun, playful. Oh, we just got together, and this one was like, no, here's things that you gotta work out, and sure. it's right. not yeah. like all perfect like you think it is all the time. The passionate and versus the com- yes. com- companion regularity mm-hmm. of it mm-hmm. in a way too, and then uh, even just how Alice is almost like the opposite. I would say add on to Demir how she's. You would say uptight almost. Mm-hmm. Or, no, she is. Yeah, you could say so she's uptight. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, that's what your family's like. Yeah. So, yeah, I thought it was a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely. And especially after it does seem, uh, after these last couple episodes, it seems like we were getting real heavy, real dark, mm-hmm. you know? So this kind of, it seemed like this episode sort of lightened things up a little definitely. bit. Definitely. Sorry, I no, was gonna go say, and then um, and then we didn't even mention how Penny's storyline of it, it kept a little dark in that, and that right. was fun, mm-hmm. just a good a, in a different kind of way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. There's some visually with the great. Julia and Katie storyline as well. Yes, mm-hmm. that too. Oh yeah, exactly, definitely. But there was yeah a lot of a lot of good humor, a lot of great lines mm-hmm. in this. I I think I I'm falling more and more in love with Elliot and Margot's dynamic. Mm. Just that, that line, got this for you, bitch. That's my favorite. Thanks, bitch. Line. That's, I love that shit. Yeah. Uh, That's another T-shirt. Exactly. <laughs> We've had quite a few T-shirt ideas. <laughs> yeah. For listening. Hot topic. Yeah. It get just, on it's, it. It's Sci-fi. Itself, you know. Call us. Yes. Uh, so yeah. So just I mean just in general, what were some of kind of your your favorite moments of this episode? You know, once you once you get that script, what are the things that you're kind kind of excited about when you read it. <laughs> well, this was just chock full. I mean, it was the first. <laughs> I mean, I just like, I was looking at it going, oh my God. Like, you know, the Netherlands, number one. Like mm-hmm. the first time, I, you know, you turn the page, you're like, okay, it's the first time we're in the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. So we have to find a location. We have to figure out a visual style for it. We have to figure mm-hmm. out a, a way that we're going to approach it. You know, Arjun, who's awesome, you know, mm-hmm. um, unfortunately we were shooting this in very cold weather. So we had to figure out what he would be wearing and, you know, would he do his own diving into fountains and how would we create the fountains <laughs> to dive into and how could we heat the water so he could be more comfortable <laughs> so you know there's that whole thing and uh, then it was like oh okay you turn the page oh there's an orgy ah okay <laughs> um, alright I've uh, never directed that before um, sure. so you know we're in Vancouver so we have to find um, you know 
dozens of people who are willing to participate in our scene. And um, my assistant director was wonderful, um, uh, Peter Dashkovitz, we call him Dash. He he was in charge of making sure that all everybody was comfortable and we were we were having a good time. Um, but in terms of choreography, when you have that many people and you're trying mm. to stage a scene like that, it's just it's 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 a very complex task um, mm-hmm. as well and then um, obviously with the Margot Margolin thing um, you know it was that, that was that was fun but it's like okay I, I have to direct Summer in in the same scene playing a character with Summer so you have to mm-hmm. figure out when you're going to do your split screens you have to find a body double that's going to work you know for the over the shoulder shots mm-hmm. you know you have to figure out those all those things that you basically can do to, to, to sell that illusion <laughs> and um you know, and then of course Jade and and Stella, their their storyline and the Free Traders, Beowulf, and that whole, you know, we cast we had to cast the Free mm-hmm. Traders, and, mm-hmm. and we had to basically get, uh, you know, get that whole sequence how they were going to emerge from, from uh, the, the, the the world behind the uh, the, the door essentially, mm-hmm. you know, right. and that whole you know how that was all going to work out. So exactly, so mm-hmm. it was just just that that took a lot of visual effects uh, kind of con- consultations and and mm. so you know Rachel O'Toole the production designer is great she designed so many physical objects and then we can we could use those and as props and as production design elements and then and then visual effects you know with uh, with our visual effects team so it's, it's 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 just a lot and then of course at the end of the day it's really just a human story about mm. Quentin and Alice which for me was the most you know kind of incredibly you know emotionally resonant story i think carrie touched on it the idea that you're you know it's not just your normal tv kind of oh you know let's let's look at sex in a very kind of playful and Mm -hmm. and and kind of uh superficial way let's let's dive into it let's say okay here's what's hat this is what happens after happily ever after (laughs) these are the conversations that that you have to have to figure out how things like this work and and that was again very refreshing to uh to see in the script and and to have the chance to do that on uh, a sci- sci-fi fantasy show you know it's like mm. genre television doesn't usually go this deep mm-hmm. so you know this was cool to be able to, to get into the personal stuff the family dynamic the, the dynamics of, of, of lovers who are you know trying to please one another etc it's, it's just it's just cool stuff just to be able to do that on on the sci-fi channel the the network that brought you Sharknado let's talk about that dynamic a yeah. little bit yeah let's talk about kind of the interpersonal relationship between Quentin and Alice not only kind of learning more about each other sexually mm-hmm. but also kind of this element of insecurity you know when you when you think about Quentin's sex dream that had Julia in it and yeah. kind of his... what was Alice supposed to be in that section. She's um, Khaleesi from Game of Thrones. Khaleesi! <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, I threw my nerd card real fast. Nice. Wow. <laughs> I saw Princess Leia. I'm like, Khaleesi? It's been a Slave long time Leia. since I've seen Khaleesi uh-huh. in, in clothes. Right. No, I'm right. just kidding. Well, um, I'm just kidding. She wore that blue outfit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not speaking joke. Yeah, she talked about her we, dragons. Yeah. yeah. We were kind okay, of talking about this a little bit before. So, yes, on your Twitter account, Josh, it has fanboys. So how fun was it to have these fan moments? Uh, that was a that was an incredibly fun scene and and yes I mean it's funny because you know in talking about the script it's like there's so many cool elements that I I even forget about you mm-hmm. know because it's like oh that was its own you know discussion and and what was interesting about that discussion is um, I mean of all things. Uh, copyright issues you know in ah, terms of sure. yeah, yeah. yeah so we had to figure out how close we could get the Indiana Jones costume the Khaleesi costume and the Princess Leia costume 
to the actual thing without it being, you know, kind of a copyright infringement mm -hmm. issue. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that, that's the type of discussion I get to have as a director. It, it, you know, it's like, so as much of the fanboy in me is, as I, I, I mean, I was going to go all out and Henry, the writer, is also a huge fanboy. So we, <laughs> we were just having fun with it. But, you know, you do run into those those pesky kind of, you yeah. know, practical yeah. issues. But <laughs> I think we got close. But I'm, I'm just very happy that we got close enough, you know, to oh, yeah. where you at least recognized who we yeah. were, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Going for you know, yeah, we are. Yes, the, at least at least we could do the hat with 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 Jason and Kirk. Yeah, and then the yeah. yeah, I mean that at least goes. Oh, that must be Indiana Jones. Right, right. It's yeah. not exactly the same. Princess uh, Leia. So yeah, so I thought the Slave Leia one though. I'm like, wow, that's that looked a lot like it. I mean, mm -hmm. it'd be one of those yeah. you have to see it side by side and really see the difference. You know, there was right. a discussion actually about Princess Leia's hairstyle because that's actually we we went for mm. the actual hairstyle in that sequence, but everyone seems to remember the um, buns. The, the iconic bond, buns, exactly. Yeah. So, but, but technically, yeah, yeah. There you go. As a as a fanboy, you would know that mm -hmm. technically that was not the hairstyle for that particular yes. right outfit. So yeah, well, it's, it's like I, I've done cosplay, and as long as you have the basics, most people go, yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. So right. I think you right. definitely. The idea, but if sure. we put the buns, people might have said something. You know, right. they might have said, yeah. "Wait a minute, it's the wrong, you know, yeah. hair with the wrong." Right. Yeah. They would have. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you would have said something. Yeah. So yeah, so as as fun as that scene was, and as hilarious as that scene was, when uh, Quentin tells Alice about it, she mm -hmm. does kind of get a little bit weird about this this infatuation that he's had with Julia. You know, and he and he tries to break it Understandably. down. Understandably, sure, sure. So what do you? Yeah, what do you guys think of this whole dynamic? Uh, it's just a sex. Dream. You know, <laughs> right. I once had a sex dream where, well, it wasn't a sex dream. It was, it was John Hamm drove me around town in like a Fisher Price. <laughs> no, Fisher Price. Price. It was, it was that's, weird. That's, that's fair. Sounds like a nice that's dream. Fair. John Hamm. Was so he wearing I'm a suit? Say, yes, he was. Yeah, yeah, it's a dog dream for what we're talking yeah. about. It wasn't a sex dream, but just that dreams are weird. Sure. Yeah. You know, like stuff happens and doesn't mean it's, anything. It's like he says, people are naked, yeah. animals are smoking cigarettes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, okay. My first sex dream involved being in Central Park. So, like, okay. <laughs> I remember it vividly. But, and it was a weird dude. Um, so, I, I totally get where, I, I get some of the, I'm being too honest tonight. Um, some of the jealousy <laughs> from Alice. But, uh, I just got really self-conscious. But, uh, with that said, I mean, I don't think, why would she be surprised by that? She's aware that, that Quentin had feelings for Julia. But, you know, it's just kind of like running into your boyfriend's ex you're like oh hey yeah <laughs> right yeah. nice to meet you i don't care mm -hmm. yeah to alice's defense it kind of seemed like oh if he still has her on his mind then maybe that's his conscience speaking right right so i think she was kind of going in that direction like oh she's still kind of a part of the dream and why is it not just me after we've you know consummated this relationship multiple times mm -hmm. so i'm sure she you was kind of do. going that way <laughs> of course but that's how <laughs> women want to think they want to feel like they're the only yeah. one in the world as rihanna said but it's like i really think at the bottom of the day or at the end of the day i'm sorry is that these two have such a strong connection i feel like their relationship is going to transcend all of this and even mm -hmm. so i think that they'll also be friends with julia in the end like i have a feeling that julia will come into play a little bit later just because that was an unrequited love, mm. and because he didn't ever get to see that to the end, mm. if those feelings are returned, then that may change things. But because Alice has been there this whole time, and they've already established this connection and relationship, mm. that it's not going to die out that easily. So I like that scene a lot. 
Sure. Well, I feel like it just goes with the general theme of the episode that it's a relationship issue right. that comes up, and yeah. luckily they talk about it. Totally. Yeah. She expresses that it bothers her, mm-hmm. and then he talks about it. Yay! Because it's one of those. Yes, which we've talked about before. Yeah. Because <laughs> if she just was like, oh, really, and just stewed about it and didn't right. talk about it, and then it, nothing would be solved. And then he didn't get like super defensive. He was just mm-hmm. being honest. Like, yeah. no, this is our relationship. This was the history. That's it. It's nice with the magicians, uh, they show a very adult perspective, even Mm -hmm. though the characters are in college. Mm -hmm. I watch uh, Vampire Diaries, and sometimes I'll be watching and I'll be like, are you serious? Like, how old are you guys now? Aren't you supposed to be, like, 25, 26 by now? Not just in real life, but in the actual Mm -hmm. show. Right. Um, Because it's just, like... At, there's a certain point uh, as an adult that you mm-hmm. just have to, and I know not everyone gets there, but you have to learn how to communicate mm-hmm. with people in your life mm-hmm. in an adult manner and say, like, hey, I have these feelings. This is When you say that, it affects me this way. And, and I know not everyone gets there, but it's nice to see with, with this show especially, um, even if it fall falls apart next week, that they do have those moments, even with, like, Penny and <laughs> yeah. Katie, you know? Sure. And it's funny that you mentioned Vampire Diaries. Josh, you've directed yeah. several episodes of Vampire Diaries. Eleven, but, yes. Uh, <laughs> Just a handful. So, um, yeah, was there was there anything that you picked up along your, your time with that show that you brought to the table here? Well, you know, it's interesting. I mean, they're very different shows, mm-hmm. um, I think, as Adrian pointed out. I mean, I think it, this is a show um, where it's it, it gets very real and honest and kind of gets into those those areas of relationships that the vampire diaries kind of kind of stays away from because you know vampire uh, diaries I think has a has a kind of a larger than life quality and there's there's a lot of you know epic emotion and mm-hmm. and just big big feelings and and a lot going on and every week you know there's breakups and makeups and and so much mythology that it's just it's 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 really like that that larger than life thing. So um, which is great and I love it. But um, this 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 is this is like going very very taking like a scalpel, you know, and kind of getting deep into mm-hmm. the kind of the, the very precise nuances of, of relationships mm-hmm. and and it, what what's so great about the show. And, and you were talking about it earlier. It's like. There's there's a very kind of genre element to the idea of sex magic, you know, mm-hmm. and yet what's so clever about this particular storyline is that the reason that sex magic exists and why Quentin and Alice have to use it is because Penny is in the mm-hmm. Netherlands and they're trying to get him back. Mm-hmm. But, of course, what that requires is them to figure out their relationship issues so that they can actually consummate their, their love at the same time. And, that would, and that's the thing that brings Penny back. You know, so, so it's, it's just a clever use of genre um, principles to also then allow for some real-life relatable themes. Mm-hmm. And um, so in a way, uh, you know, on different levels, mm-hmm. on different kind of emotional levels the vampire diaries does does the same type of thing um in terms of trying to use the the genre and the and the, and the fantasy elements and the sci-fi elements and the vampire um basic basic vampire mythology as as a kind of a metaphor for for romance and for 
coming of age, etc. So, you know, yeah. uh, just two, two separate ways of dealing with the same kind of concept, I think. Yeah. yeah, definitely. It does work on this very kind of grounded level, but also, you know, like you said, with Penny being in the Netherlands on mm-hmm. a very, very different fantastical level. Mm-hmm. But we do see, you know, as... As Alice and Quentin are trying to figure out a way to bring Penny back, they encounter Joe, this traveler that uh, that Alice's mother is sexually familiar fluid. with, who is like not only this he's a Swiss Army knife of a man or of a being. I mean, and, and the dialogue yeah, there that was funny. He's yeah, he's you know he's this this magical traveler with this impossible to pronounce name, but at the same time he's like he's kind of. Uh, Allison Quentin's like sex therapist at this yeah. point. We see him like pantomiming and teaching <laughs> yeah. Quentin. Yeah, I enjoyed that. I was like, <laughs> yeah. a little leading by example he was doing. What is that? Right. Yeah, we, we, we actually we actually know. have so much footage of that because we just had, <laughs> had the, the, them go just a- improvise like yeah. on and on about you know. And I think in the script um, Henry had written like um, in the background we see Joe uh, and some horrible gesture trying to explain <laughs> you know um, the the basics of sex magic and and you know it just was hysterical so I mean we could literally have like a whole outtakes reel of, of like mm. all the ad, ad libs that did YouTube you <laughs> know later yeah, 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 yeah I, I, I don't know yeah I don't know sci-fi channel sci-fi yes I call on them to uh, to go into our, our archives of <laughs> dailies and, and find all that it just, it just I couldn't mm. even say cut like the, there's some takes where they just went on and on and I was like oh my god this is so funny I just could I couldn't even stop, even though I knew that. <laughs> That's what I was going to ask you. So how do you go about perfecting a scene? Do you shoot it multiple times and kind of watch it back to decide how it looks or how you want it to look? Or what's your process like? Yeah, I mean, you know, absolutely. Although in TV, everything moves incredibly fast. You right. know, like if, if on a feature film schedule, you have time to really explore, you know, and, and improvise and you know, take your time with scenes. Um, in, in TV, you pretty much have to get it right the first time. And mm, you have gotcha. to rehearse it very quickly. You have to put mm. it on speed very quickly. You have to light it. You have to shoot it because you're shooting six, seven, eight pages of a script a day. Mm-hmm. You know, and just by by contrast, feature films usually shoot one to two pages a day. So, yeah. you know, so there's a lot more time. But then, of course, they have a lot more money. And, right. and then TV episodes usually do. So it, it it's... Uh, I try to you know keep it as as free as possible mm-hmm. and as you know as, as it, where we can explore on set where it's not like we're rigidly you know going just shooting storyboards but uh but you, it it's definitely it's definitely a high high stress uh, fast paced environment yeah no pressure at all <laughs> yeah. get it right the yeah exactly yeah <laughs> But that, that that was one of those scenes where where you know basically the script said oh please improvise and so we're like yeah okay. have a little fun with Let's it yeah fun, you know? <laughs> might as well yeah. yeah exactly and that's and that's where that came out of you know yeah. I mean, there the were a lot of, there were a lot of different ones there was this <laughs> the one and there was I mean there's so many it was just like oh my god it was funny oh man yeah. with the humor that's in the show was are there ever moments where anyone behind the camera or in front of the camera is just like <laughs> hold up like holding that laugh in and just like. It's like, it's quiet, we're rolling. Yes, a lot of times. Okay. A lot of times, nice. yes. It's, it, yeah, especially this this show. I mean, it, it, with um, with Tom and Mandy's and, and Judith Hogue, who play the parent is. Yeah, I know, from Everwood. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Alumni, Brett. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, very good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, was, I, was, I was a big fan of Everwood, so I was happy yeah. that he... Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and then Judith Hogue is great. Um, you may remember from the Ninja Turtles film. Uh, <laughs> oh. Wait. 
the, the, the April first one. No, uh, mom. Mom from oh, the mom. Earth, from that yeah the, yeah the the real ones. the original the, the real ones. the real real yeah. turtles not the other yeah stuff. exactly <laughs> not the CGI <laughs> turtles. Yeah. The OG turtles yeah the OG turtles <laughs> yeah OG but um. Uh, no, but Jude's, Jude's been in so many things. Every and Tom, they 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 have such uh, mm-hmm. distinguished careers. But they, you know, they, their, you know, the whole goat penis thing. I mean, yeah, I don't think anybody on set could keep it together. Um, Quentin's off, off face was said it uh, all. Like, uh, please know, get this I away. From. I think he's uh, like, you haven't left without touching your. Yeah, <laughs> my, yeah, my favorite line of the whole episode is, "You've barely touched your penis." <laughs> yes, <laughs> which is actually, and and Henry would 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 say this too. It, that was actually um, a. Tom and Mandy's ad lib during rehearsal. Oh, yeah. There you so, go. yeah, it was. It was so brainstorming on the go works. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah it does. It, it does absolutely. When you work with great, great actors, yeah, great sure, actors, great minds. Yeah. So yeah, we've talked about you know the sex magic, how it's mm-hmm. kind of in pursuit of of bringing Penny home. You know, Penny's stuck in in the Netherlands trying mm-hmm. to find that fountain mm-hmm. as he's being chased down by these these locals who are yeah. we find out are kind of mercenaries of the beast, mm-hmm. but potentially. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. They found alternate employment. Are we going on a Penny? I wasn't done with Allison. Oh, get it. I want Allison too. I just want to say that I was very happy to see the female orgasm being discussed on television <laughs> because it is never discussed on television. Not in not in a, a realistic way of like I am not getting mine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure everyone's other. Oh, you're a feminist. Yes, I am. <laughs> but whatever. Get into it. Sex is good. Um, so it was it was fun to. To have that moment of like, oh wow, they're really gonna break it down, and Alice is gonna have a really truthful moment with with Quentin and just say, mm-hmm. I'm not really enjoying what you do, and mm-hmm. you know, and also the moment where she says that I don't always ask for what I want. Mm-hmm. That's a big thing that it's never really discussed on in life on television about like mm-hmm. uh, just having that communication between couples and just with women in general of being able to say like. Uh, well, no, I've, I've sat in rooms with women where they're like, I don't, I've never had an orgasm. And it's like, well, well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about tricks of the trade and things mm-hmm. that you can learn. And so having that be a conversation that actually came up on TV and even having her get to the moment where she was like, bite me. I was like, yes. I know. Thank and God. <laughs> Female orgasm for life. Okay. <laughs> it was also cool seeing Quentin, though, being so vulnerable yeah. because mm-hmm. we're so used yeah. to seeing the alpha male. He has to be masculine and has mm-hmm. to be like the dominator. But in this perspective, you got to see this other side, this like humble side that showed that. You know, men are learning the tricks of the trade as they go, too. So yeah. we're all just humans kind of learning. Yeah, yeah, so I like that, that person it was kind of a dress on both mm-hmm. sides. So. And, yeah, he has the great line of, like, how can you expect me to improve if you don't tell me what's wrong? Right. Communication. Oh, communication. And I was going to also add, I love that we that it was shot that the mom was sexy exiting the bathtub, because that was another thing of, like, an ageism thing of having right. an older woman be sexy. Yeah, she totally yeah, embodied her. Like, her getting out the t- yeah. I was like, she's towel. making me uncomfortable. If that was my was mom, like, I'd be like, mom. <laughs> you know? I was like, this is really hot. I, thought that was I beautiful. wish I grew up with a family. No, I'm joking. My mom and my, my dad are great. But I just, you know, oh. having a sexually open family right. is, is also just something that's kind of unheard of in, in America. Right. Uh, the United States of America. Mm-hmm. So, uh, having that kind of be a dialogue and having... It make Alice uncomfortable, but also having her kind of get to a point where she has to accept that 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 has affected like how she goes about having Composes sex. Herself, Maybe she right. does want something a little bit more mm. zesty per the, se. And yeah, it's not often older women are shot as sexy. Exactly. 
Yes. And same with... with <laughs> He's like, no, yes, yes. No, no, no. I mean, it, it, yeah. everything you've just said, it just makes me feel good that, that, that we did our jobs right because we had all these conversations oh, good. in the script stage cool. and prepping and all these decisions that, that you're responding to were very much deliberately plan that way yes yeah. nice. I mean, everything you're saying everything you're saying about judith in fact the first conversation i had to have with judith was was about mm. was this conversation mm. you know because we wanted to make sure that she was comfortable with with uh, you know that that element and mm-hmm. she was she was she was a rock star she was just so cool about it. and everyone everyone on that set you know mm-hmm. J- jason and olivia were so uh, heartbreakingly honest you mm-hmm. know i mean the script forced them into a place where you know they they could have shied away from it, but they didn't. They went right right for it. So yeah, no, this is all no. All, everything you're saying is, is I think is very true. And also just having uh, you know a lot of times it's it's when there is a, a sexual woman married to a sexual man as well. It's the a younger woman being paired with with the mm-hmm. the dad or something mm-hmm. like that. Like, so it's nice to see the parents be the exact same age to mm-hmm. have the same type of sexual appetite because. I think we often don't think of, unless they're George Clooney, people in their 50s mm-hmm. or even 60s, even mm-hmm. 40s sometimes, right. as having like a sex drive. So mm-hmm. that was nice to see as well and to have a really active Or you could argue drive. she had more because she brought Joe essentially yeah. into their That's true. And they flipped the oh, script yeah. on that as well, having the woman have the affair because I feel like that's the common stereotype I see mm-hmm. in a lot of shows is where the man is always having the affair on the wife. And so mm-hmm. to see it switched and how you know their dynamic was as a family also interested and that, me. And the fact that they also still had a communication about it as well. So mm-hmm. it wasn't, yeah. I think, a, a big thing It didn't thing destroy with, them. Right? Yeah, with, like, cheating and affairs. I'm about to say too much about my personal theories. But, like, <laughs> um, you know, you get to a certain point, certain age, where I think it's okay to have a, a dialogue about what you need sexually. And mm-hmm. if that is being fulfilled within the relationship. That doesn't necessarily mean that a person should just go out and, and like cheat and do what they want. But having a dialogue, having a little Smith, Jane Pickens Smith relationship may not be the worst thing in the world when you, you know, reach a certain point in your relationship and the loyalty is ingrained. You know, it's mm-hmm. kind of... So I, I appreciate it seeing that kind of side of relationships as well sure. being portrayed on television again communication communication <laughs> what go. is the word of the day More class the communication <laughs> and then seeing a woman a man go down on a woman in the background was yeah really awesome too yes yeah. you don't ever see that I mean, really. It was <laughs> yes, we, we we had some uh, again. Uh, our our background artists in Vancouver were were, were very game. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, as much as it was in the background, it was pretty prominent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, so. I know they they didn't shy away. Channel, you know, they, they, they God, went God there. bless them. They let us get away with, with a lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, everything they did that right, skirting that line of not too much, because mm-hmm. in terms of what could get away with on yes, television, exactly. we might yeah. have even seen some pegging. I think. What? Was some, some pegging? 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 What is that? Oh, man. Ooh. We can't get into that on the air. <laughs> <laughs> are we all... I don't even... I can't Maybe they improvise no? on that part. Okay, apparently <laughs> everyone in the room... It's I, not just the ladies, because he's giving you... I think this all is right. a tie thing. Is, <laughs> this, <laughs> is this a guy and girl thing together? Well, it, or is it, it a touching like thing? It looked like there were some girls taking some guys from behind. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Yes, that did happen. Sure. Sure. Yeah. So it was the girl. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Once again, yeah, some very ah. yes. That that did, we did. That was that was staged. Ah. Mm-hmm. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yes, I didn't call. I didn't know it was called peg. Yeah, I was going to say. Now you know. Peg away. Peg away. Yeah, yeah. Okay. 
<laughs> I said that this episode would be the sex education episode. Exactly. Yeah, there we are. Open bars all over the place. And apparently that's been our main theme today. What we're doing. <laughs> yes. But right. it was a there big are, deal. There are other elements and other yes. characters we do need yes, to get to. Yes, we need to do that. Show. Although, although I will say, though, how cool is it not to really toot our own horns over here, but like... To, to have this conversation after watching a show on the Sci-Fi Channel versus yes. Sydney, like an HBO yeah. or a Netflix or a Showtime show. I mean, right. this, this is some real stuff we just talked about. Mm-hmm. You yeah. talked about, it. and it's just, you know, that's that's what's so cool about the magicians. I think breaking yeah. boundaries. Yes. Oh, no. oh man. What now? Well, let's. Well, we've got now that no, we've got no, ten minutes left. Yeah. Oh really? Oh, no. <laughs> let's, get into, let's get into Penny real quick. Let's get into the Netherlands. Okay. Uh, what do we think about Penny kind of exploring this world of this kind of part of filler that even even Quentin doesn't really know about? I thought it was really cool, and mm-hmm. I actually would love Josh if you could talk about. I I noticed if you guys noticed everything was exactly very, a lot of little music, to lighting, colors, yeah. shots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. Well, I, I, I everyone on uh, behind the scenes knows this, but yeah, like my first pitch for the Netherlands was to use Dutch angles because mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. I was looking at all the different you know fillery and and. Looking at the difference between you know the the world of break bills and the world you know in mm-hmm. the, the, the so called the real world and and how you know Ellie the DP Ellie Smokin a brilliant guy he sort of differentiated all the looks in different ways with color with camera styles you know in terms of handheld versus elegant in terms mm-hmm. of you know bright colors versus muted colors uh, so I you know. Uh, we found this great location for the Netherlands. This this place at uh, University of British Columbia, that sort mm. of amphitheater, where I mean, yeah, kind of augmented it uh, with visual effects. But mm. but for me, it was like I I felt like there should have been uh, some kind of visual stamp on the Netherlands. So I pitched uh, everyone the idea of Dutch angles, and they 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 thought it was great. So we we just went with it, and um, you know, it's like it's you make a choice, and um, and thankfully it's. Everyone seems to really enjoy it and, and dig yeah. it. You know, it, oh, feel, it, it feels, great. It feels yeah. like it looked like a dreamscape to me. Like yeah. I felt like it was another realm. So that's what I really liked yeah. about the angles and, not only, and the lighting. Yeah, not only the the Dutch angles, but also the color palette yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and actually, Ellie used um, uncoated lenses. They're the same hmm. types of lenses that uh, Spielberg used in the uh, Normandy sequence in Saving wow. Private Ryan. Okay. You know, okay. it, it gives you really sort of high contrast, and you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's it's it it almost desaturates it. As it's as you're shooting it, so mm-hmm. it has a, it, that kind of like uh, stark, yeah. like almost black and white, but you still see colors. It's, mm-hmm. it's, so yeah, that was that was his his lens choice. It's great. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Uh, so yeah, let's let's talk about moving on a little bit. Let's mm-hmm. talk about kind of what uh, what Julia and Richard are up to. You know, they've yeah. got this kind of this this social circle coming over, and of course. As it turns out, Katie is one of these mm-hmm. people, much to Julia's chagrin. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it turns out that as as Julia and Katie are are trying to level up and learn these spells, the rest of the group are working on this kind of time magic. Yeah. And Richard is trying to break the glass ceiling of magic. Right. Do we think he's getting maybe a little power hungry? I wrote that. Power yeah. hungry. <laughs> but for good reason. Um, no, no, it's one of those things we've talked it's about. Debatable. I'm, yeah, I'm going to go debatable on this. Too many times on this show of like, let's fix cancer, let's fix this. We've learned it doesn't work. It's it doesn't, a bad that's true, plan. but if that doesn't take away that it's her good intention. Oh, sure. Uh, I don't know. I'm getting a bad feeling. Let's not go there. No. I. I. 
was hoping maybe Richard wouldn't be consumed by magic. It seems like that's like what eventually happens to everyone. Right, like, exactly. Yeah. There's always this one thing that they just want to try that that if they just can do this, then everything will be okay. But that just, was that was what I thought when he said that. I'm like, like, oh, you're course. just like everyone else now. You're just like everyone yes. else. But mm-hmm. um, I, I, you know, best of luck, mm-hmm. and I am am grateful that he's 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 attempting it in a way that doesn't necessarily involve um, like consuming someone else or uh, using someone else. It is right. the whole idea of, of summoning a god, and we'll see where that goes and, and how successful that is and right. how probably awful it's going to eventually be. That's, yeah. Um, Sounds but, good on paper, in theory. <laughs> you know? It was nice to think one of us predicted that Katie and Julia would end up together. Somebody said that. Who was, so? it? was it? Was uh, No, I can't remember. Uh, it was me or you. I thought they were gonna team up to go get Marina. Yeah. So, uh-huh. so I think yes, this is baby steps. Yeah, I, yeah they're heading towards that. <laughs> yeah. So that was nice to see. It's nice to see them finally because we missed Katie for like the past two episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and they you got a little to see bit that. of communication too. Yeah. Bit. yeah. And they also got to talk about Katie's mom's death. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I thought mm-hmm. that was kind of a good thing, so they could reconcile and kind of work together because I think they both have that edge and that just they're very dynamic characters so I feel mm-hmm. like when their powers are joined together they're going to be so much more powerful than they are apart Captain Planet <laughs> and the <laughs> yes! <laughs> together yes so I'm a big old nerd y'all sorry <laughs> um, yeah, I, I like love, that you took it there <laughs> I love yeah this, this concept of him trying to summon a god because right. no, you know that's not going to end it's no. not going to end well. I just no um, but let's. I was also happy yeah. to see a trans person being cast. So that was cool. yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, we noticed. We, yeah. we liked it. Sure. Um, and now let's talk. You know, not to jump too abruptly, but let's talk about about what's happening with Elliot and Margot, mm-hmm. which is kind of you know it's it seems lower stakes compared to comparatively speaking. We find out that one of Margot's exes has been draining her chi, draining her life force to create a golem, or as they call it, a margolem. Mm-hmm. A sex doll? It's, uh, basically just a realistic How sex many of those doll. would there be in reality, though? Like a million, right? <laughs> That's true. That's a good point. <laughs> like, That's head off point. to work so today, my dear, creepy. make up some money. Well, that was kind of like a nice little multiplicity. Yes, it was. <laughs> there we go. And she um, kept the her duplicate, so right. even more yeah. like a right. multiplicity. Because uh-huh. why did she keep her around. I, I was curious as to whether or not the Margolem could speak. It didn't I don't like think it, she yeah. can. Can hmm. she speak? I think she said a little something. She can yeah. speak, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. She's, she's not she's well not, thought. She's not particularly exactly. a wordy yeah. individual. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, intellectually, Thoughts, I wouldn't necessarily, yeah. you know, yeah. like, yeah. like okay. put her up there with right. the, the greats. Um, but, okay. uh, yeah. but no, no, she can speak. Real quick, can you talk about, about kind of the logistics of shooting, you know, with the body double and, and shooting kind of those mm-hmm. scenes? Yeah, well, Summer was really game because we, we found a body double who played um, the, the Margolem and... You know, and obviously in the, in the split screen sequences, we had to you know make sure that we we had the camera in the right place. We locked mm-hmm. it down. We and then in the middle of the take, we would lock the camera down, and then Summer would change into the other character and come back. And but it helped Summer to have somebody there to play too. Mm-hmm. So we right. had somebody actually dressed in the Margolem costume when Summer was playing Margot, and vice versa, okay. so that Summer could always play to somebody who actually was was dressed as the. The yeah, other character, mm-hmm. right? Orphan Black, and it reminded me. It reminded me a little of a little of kind of multiplicity as mm-hmm. I was watching it because she does kind of play the Margolem with this sort of 
kind of innocence that's where like it doesn't quite Strange. know what's going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Innocence. Right, right, right. But you know, as as kind of fun and as silly mm-hmm. and as lighthearted as mm-hmm. the subplot was, it did lead to a very real moment of breakthrough for Elliot where he, he says that oh, something might yes. really be broken with him. Mm-hmm. But of course he's admitting it to the Margolum and who responds with sex the only way she knows how. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, then, and then just real quick moves on when the real Margot shows up. Yeah. What do we he think of, cha- of this moment with Elliot? Well, it was he even changed like how he approached her because when he first approached her he was like, hey baby, got mm-hmm. your favorites. And, and then when the real Margot show up it's like, yeah. hey bitch. <laughs> like, Love so, that. Um, you definitely see that there is uh, a cover even with with Margot when it comes mm-hmm. to Elliot that uh-huh. he's just kind of naturally guarded. Mm-hmm. Sure. And, and, and so little damage because the give him a hug. Yeah, that's what I, I was thinking. Right? The just residual like, okay. effects of Mike, you know? Yeah. Right, exactly. That's what's going on. Poor Elliot. Right. Yeah, he's, he's doing <sighs> lines. Guy. He's doing lines with the golem yeah. to cope with all this. But that, that, that's not out of his like wheelhouse. But I, but I feel like it's being he's exacerbated. He's just in a drug state, yeah. though. Uh, yeah. like, he's just numbing he himself fun, for the feelings. But he's numb. Yeah, he's yeah, numb. I right think now. when it, it gets to the point where he's sitting there with, you know, this whole catastrophe that Margaret's kind of going through, where right. she could die. Like, right. getting your chi drained isn't like a cute little thing. Right. Serious <laughs> business. If she was a lost girl, she'd be dead. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's. It's a serious situation, and he just yeah. is so numb he can't take it seriously. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. They need to communicate. There you go. That's the one pair that did not communicate properly. They communicated a little bit. A little bit. He tried. Did. I'm glad she yeah. came out to him and was like, hey, yeah. I need your help on this. And, and he like, did attempt to communicate back. Yeah. He just communicated to the wrong Marco. Yeah. Right, exactly. But he should have exactly. said something again, been like, all right, bitch, we need to talk. Well... <laughs> He just Maybe got later. by his best friend. He wasn't expecting that. <laughs> right. That might have thrown him off I don't know. Well. We don't know the full details of their relationship. That's so. also true. I mm. think the look of shock on his face. He was surprised. That a lot, yeah. 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 Right. That's true. Part it's not mutual. Yeah. yeah, exactly. There are, a couple, there are a couple on the exterior, not quite, behind well, closed they, doors. Maybe they're into group. But not. Ah, there you, know. you go. Not just Interesting. each other. There we go. Yeah. Well, guys, this hour. We're just getting nods flew over here. Right <laughs> no, I just I like hearing all these theories. These are all good. <laughs> no, guys, I'm just happy that again, everything you say, you know, these these are decisions that actors and and directors and you know er- everyone behind the scenes, we all make these decisions. Uh, in 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 a vacuum, and we hope that you respond. And it's just nice to hear your response because it's it's definitely everything we were hoping you would respond to. Absolutely. <laughs> I was just going to say, what's it like to hear? Well, I mean, with social media and Twitter, you can see what the fans are saying. What is it like getting almost instantaneous feedback on what you've put out there? Um, it's great. It's 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 a wonderful kind of world. In that sense, you can sort of take the pulse of the world. Um, mm. But but I actually love what you guys are doing because this is a very um, to, to instruct the episode to give it a real review to give mm. it a, like like this kind of attention. Is thank just, you. Thank is, you. It, you can't fit this in a tweet. Or, <laughs> yeah. and, you know, not we, enough characters. Yeah, exactly. Only we, the we YouTube can, link. We can fit that. We can sit, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We can sit here and extrapolate all of these theories for uh, hours and hours. But sadly, we are out of time. Uh, uh, Josh, thank you so so much. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, uh, you guys if, are awesome. Any any parting words? What they can? What the people can uh, look out for you? Oh, work. yeah, I guess oh, I have to do my social media rundown. I'm the Joshua Butler on Twitter and Instagram, and Joshua Butler, you can find me on Facebook. And um, yeah, I'll just I'll stay in touch. Phenomenal. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Guys, where can they find you? 
Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Miss Adrian Snow. I don't know what predictions we'll be able to do, but sorry, too late. <laughs> right. Right. It's going to be crazy, that's what. Hey, nobody yeah. got time for that. Yes, once again, I'm Samantha Benitz. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Samantha underscore Benitz. And yes, once again, you can find me online at Carrie D. Lane. That's K-A-R-I-D-L-A-N-E. And as always, you can find me on Twitter, on Instagram, at Ty Matthews PMA, as well as various other after shows, Monday Night Raw, right before this one, Monday nights, as well as Second Chance, series, or season finale, sorry, the Sunday, and Lucha Underground on Thursdays. But we'll be right back here, same time, same channel, next week, talking episode 11 Woo! of The Magicians. But until then, guys, peace! <laughs> From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later! The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.